Hi, I'm Katie Nagy Danagi Baxson, a corporate partner at CMS and co-founder of the Lead Hers campaign. In today's episode, I'm talking to Amy Nisbet and Kenan Packman from Hearst Lab about the launch of Hearst Lab in Europe, the 100k pitch day, and the upcoming launch of their program in London. Thank you both for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Katie. So many people will know of the Hearst Corporation, but they might not be aware of all of the fantastic work that you guys do. Would you mind giving us a brief introduction of both the Hearst Corporation and your specific mission with Hearst Lab? Sure, I'll take that one. Um, So Hearst has been around for about 130 years now. Um, And Amy, how long has Hearst been active in the UK? Since 1910. So over 100 years as well in the UK. And I think most people in the world, you know, are familiar with Hearst because of our consumer media brands. Um, In the US, we are, you know, we we have an active newspaper, magazine um, and television business. We also, you know, we also have a sizable cable television business, um, you know, of brands that that people recognize. Um, But the company has really, uh, diversified over the years. Um, we are 100% owner of Fitch Ratings, um, which is sort of in the fintech world. And uh, we also have significant businesses in healthcare information and transportation information. Um, and then beyond that, you know, we have uh, Hearst Ventures, which sort of is doing later stage um, investments, more Series A and later um, with larger tickets. Um, and, uh, you know, Fitch also has its own its own venture side. Um, in terms of Hearst Lab, Hearst Lab has been around now for about six years. Um, and it is the brainchild of Eve Burton who is an EVP of Hearst um, and also our uh, our chief legal officer. Um, and she, she holds numerous other hats. Eve is kind of an amazing person. Um, but it was it was something that she really wanted to do. She's an entrepreneurial person. She, you know, that's her spirit. Um, she loves technology. And, you know, she's always been very focused on on women in the workplace. Um, and and that was really what started this. And, you know, Hearst Lab was set up to sort of to tackle numerous issues. And, and first and foremost, you know, the mission of Hearst Lab is to address the gap in funding that female founders um, experience in, in the startup space. And I mean, if you look at the numbers, they're they're really quite shocking in terms of the amount of funding that goes to that goes to female founders as compared to their male counterparts and there's lots of there's lots of reasons for that but i guess when i think about it you know i think it's the i think it's just a legacy of you know the the people who have the money and who are able to sort of disperse the money often are looking for people who look like them who feel like them um, and a lot of times, you know, those are those are men. Um, and so, you know, we have we have worked really hard to try to address that and to find female founders um, and and to and to close that gap. Um, 
and you know, and also to work with other investors um, who who are also looking to close that gap. So you know, that's that's been first and foremost. We're very founder focused, um, and uh, and hopefully we're making a difference. Secondly, I think that we are focused on trying to trying to make the experience at Hearst uh, more meaningful uh, for the women at Hearst. Um, and so, you know, I'm an exception. I'm I'm obviously a man, but you know, most of the leadership at the lab is female. Um, and um, beyond that, we've engaged women throughout Hearst. We call them scouts um, all over the various businesses of Hearst. And it's actually number one, a great networking opportunity for them to meet women who they wouldn't normally meet within the business. Um, but they do numerous things for us. I mean, they help us to they help us to find the companies that we invest in and and to really be part of that that funnel. Um, secondly, we engage them to help us to evaluate the companies. So anytime that we look at a company, you know, we'll bring in scouts and, you know, in particular, we will find scouts that um, may have relevant experience that can help us to really, you know, do a more meaningful evaluation. Third, um, you know, once the companies are in, and this may be the most important part, you know, we don't just invest financially in these companies. We also are looking to see how we can leverage Hearst and Hearst businesses to help grow them. And whether that means, you know, Hearst becoming a client or it means Hearst, you know, introducing them to partners and clients of Hearst that may be potential clients of theirs or potential partners of theirs. Um, you know, we we ask the scouts to, you know, think about their own business and their own networks to to help us grow these these you know early stage startups um, and you know the traction that Hearst Lab has had to date has really been amazing. Um, we uh, we've been around for six years. Um, I, it's hard to keep track of the companies because it grows every day, but I think we're closer to sixty than fifty companies that we've invested in at this point. Uh, our investment has been over 50 million US dollars. And when we look at the valuation of the Hearst companies that have, of the companies that have been in Hearst Lab, um, we would say that the valuation of those companies overall, not just Hearst's portion of them, obviously, is well over 2 billion US dollars, which is really astounding. Um, and we've had some we've had some great exits. And by the way, the 2 billion, we would say is probably understated because we have a bunch of companies that have just become profitable and haven't needed to raise in quite a while. So when we base on their most recent valuation, you know, that that may have been quite a while ago. Um, and so, you know, we think that the two billion is probably conservative. So, you know, it's been successful, I think, beyond Eve's and the lab leadership team's uh, wildest imaginations um, and has become something really positive, um, you know, and when we look at the women at Hearst that have been scouts and, you know, we track these numbers and we can say definitively that the retention rate for women who have been involved in the lab is higher than the female population as a whole at Hearst. And furthermore, um, the women who have been involved in the lab are more likely to have been promoted. 
Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, we've talked about the success of the lab financially, but I think it also helps to bring an entrepreneurial spirit to Hearst, which is great. Um, it helps us to, you know, see disruptions that may be happening for for our businesses in the future, and that's helpful too. So um, overall, the program has been a great win-win, and I know as somebody um, who has, uh, you know, who who's come from a legal background um, into this, um, you know, it's just been incredibly meaningful to work on. Um, you know, I show up at work every day, bright and early with a smile on my face, um, which, which wasn't always the case, but, uh, but, you know, we're doing, we're doing great things here. We're doing meaningful things here and, you know, we're, we're helping, um, we're helping empower female founders. And at the same time, it's a great story to go back to our colleagues at Hearst with, because we're also adding value to, we're also adding value to Hearst. What I, I love about um, what you've um, just said, um, Kenan, is that the, the making money bit was the last thing you said. So, you know, taking kind of in order of, you know, why are you doing this? It's because funding female entrepreneurs is really important. Excellent. That's something we talk about a lot on on this podcast. Um, but really interesting, your focus on the kind of um, the, the benefit internally that you get from this program, um, which is um, really fantastic to hear that it's helping your business and helping the women who work with you. And then kind of the, the, the money bits the sort of almost like the last reason I, <laughs> I love that um, and your passion is really coming through um for this project um which is you know it's great to see um it's obviously been by the way katie know, if i could just if i could just add yeah. on the money side um you know there have been a lot of studies well maybe not a lot of studies but there have been some studies lately that are showing that female founded companies actually end up having a better return um, than than uh, male founded companies. So it's not only it's not only empowering women, but it is it is good business as well. Absolutely. And again, that's something we've talked about on this on this podcast before. Diversity um, gives you, you know, better, better financial results. So, you know, it's 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 a common sense thing to do, actually, isn't it? It's a good investment decision. And um, obviously the lab's been you know, incredibly successful in the US. Um, and you've been given a really fantastic reception in the Netherlands where you launched last month. Could you tell us a bit about the 100K pitch day and what your objectives were when you were developing this event? Sure. So I think as Kenan was saying, we we launched in the US six years ago and we've been up and running there for six years. And we actually launched in Europe in 2019 and started in the Netherlands then. And we made a couple of investments and then COVID hit uh, and a couple of people went back to the US and, and it was just generally a bad time to have, to have just launched something. So when we were talking this summer about bringing the lab back to Europe, um, we wanted to kind of come back into the market with a bit of a bang. Uh, and we also had um, some pretty high ambitions to to achieve a number of investments very quickly. So we were talking about how how to do that and how to kind of reinvigorate uh, that Dutch market. And um, we hit upon the idea of doing um, a pitch event because um, we really wanted to achieve, I suppose, three things. We wanted to accelerate that investment into the market. Um, we, we were launching in September and we wanted to have 
somewhere between three and six investments by the end of the year. We we the other thing we wanted to achieve was um was a really strong community uh, of female founders uh, because that's going to be our pipeline and also of um, co investors and like minded investors again to to give us some pipeline. Uh, and then the third thing we wanted to do is really, really bring some sort of marketing and recognition for the lab itself and for our people. Um, we've got scouts there who were who had remained active uh, and had had remained sort of bringing deal flow through to us um, on a more ad hoc basis. So we wanted to to give some bring some recognition to them and and to the lab more generally. So we launched uh, the pitch in mid September. We were open for two weeks. And our ambition at the time was to achieve sort of 40 applications. We thought 40 to 50 applications we would we would deem a big success. Uh, we were incredibly surprised and actually thrilled to receive 148 applications. Um, so I think we we did our uh, our milestone of coming back with a bang um, with that number of applications. And we we. We went through a process of evaluating the applications. We actually met with just over half of the companies. We met with them all personally, doing back-to-back video and in-person meetings. We then selected uh, about 20 as our shortlist and asked our scouts in the Netherlands to help a deeper with a deeper evaluation of the, the sort of long shortlist. And from that, we made it down to a final cut of five finalists. And we had the event on November 15th. So we'd gone within a sort of two and a half month time period from launch to event. Uh, And we were really well attended. Um, Many other female founders, including those who hadn't made the final cut, but were uh, really enthusiastic to come along and and watch the others pitch. Um, And we made a, a really good network of local investors who with whom we will be co investing in some of the companies that won. Fantastic. I mean, to have 148 applications in two weeks is incredible, and sounds like um, the scouts that you you've had in in the the Netherlands um, throughout that period have really obviously been setting the groundwork for you to be able to galvanise people that quickly. Were, were there any trends in terms of where you were seeing those 148 applications come from? Were there, you know, particular types of businesses or, you know, what was what, was there anything coming out of that initial group of people who applied? Yeah, so we our initial intention was really just to invite applicants from the Netherlands really quickly. Within the first couple of days, we had applicants from Germany, um, Scandinavia, Belgium, Northern France, uh, and, and we had a quick discussion internally about uh, would would we consider these applicants? And we decided yes, we would. We'd go for a kind of Northern Europe, ex UK um, market, and uh, and predominantly they 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 came from the Netherlands. But it was also great to see the uh, the sort of conversation. And we did very very little marketing. We we launched with a small website and and we really used LinkedIn for for the remainder of the communication about the event. Um, and and just with that with that sort of that 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 just sort of lit a spark. And and we were sort of again thrilled to see uh, communities around Northern Europe talking about um, talking about the event and and applicants coming through from that. 
Although I would say, Amy, that we did get we got really good support from our magazine business, which obviously also is quite a digital business at this point in the Netherlands. Um, I mean, they did a they did a great job of publicizing um, the event for us and and networking that way as well. So, you know, I mean that so there there are some great advantages of being a media company when you're trying to get your message out there. That absolutely make makes sense. You know, you've got to uh, use all the resources that that you, that you have at your disposal um, uh, to get that that right wide reach. And so, um, we we were anticipating there would be you know one winner. You said, um, Amy, you went down to a kind of a, a five finalists, but um, uh, obviously when you announced the the winners, it turns out that you'd actually chosen three. So clearly, it'd been you know, either very, very hard decision or the quality was just so good. Can can you tell us a little bit about why you who you chose as your as your winners and and why you chose them? Sure. I mean, look, we were we were thrilled with the number of applications, but actually the quality that came through was outstanding as well. And really, once we got sort of to our shortlist of 15, it became quite hard to pick five finalists. So you're absolutely right. We had we had great quality and very um, sort of outstanding founders. Uh, the, the, the lead criteria for Hearst Lab is maybe useful to start with that. We, we require women-led um, companies, so they either have to have more than 50% of the founder shares on the cap table or be in a clear um, and sort of documented uh, decision-making position, sort of CEO, perhaps COO. Um, they also have to be B2B tech-enabled companies, um, so they need to be in that market. And again, we were really, um, really quite surprised uh, uh, and happy to see the sort of myth around tech and SaaS companies being male founded, um, just being blown out of the water by our applicants. We we had really something like 65% of the applications were from SaaS based companies. And we did not publicize that as a requirement. I think it's just what the market's like. Women can do this too. Um, the third requirement for Hearst is that we we need the companies to have some sort of affinity with with Hearst and with, or, and with one of our companies. And the driver for that is the the leverage that we can bring, hopefully, to their own business by by using our own internal expertise, um, commercial networks, uh, and and really people resource sometimes. Then the fourth, um, the fourth requirement is that they should have a working product uh, and or um, some revenue coming in. It can be fairly minimal, but we like to see some sort of test of the product um, or sales path out in the market. Kenan, do you want to say a little bit more about specifically why we picked on our final three? Because I think you were um, sitting in there I with was, the judges I was and in listening the room to deliberations. Yeah, as they say in Hamilton, I was definitely in the room where it happens. Um, so yeah, it was it was not an easy decision. Um, all five were were really great, um, but at the end of the day, um, I think with this early stage um, investing. You know, the one thing that that really uh, we are incredibly focused on is, you know, who are these founders and, you know, what has their journey been that got them to where they are? And, you know, do we think that they have the ability to sort of create a unicorn? Um, and uh, I would say that with all of the founders, you know, that we chose that, you know, we felt strongly that, 
these were these were women who were who had a great idea, who were strong leaders, and who that we and who we felt would um, execute really well. Um, you know, and then I think we also, as Amy mentioned, we were focused on what traction um, they had. Um, you know, where who who were there? Who were there? Who are they partnering with? Who were their customers? Um, you know, are they retaining their customers? Um, you know, those were those were all important factors. And then, you know, what does the technology look like? And and what is what is the addressable market? And you know, do we feel like it's a realistic addressable market? Um, so, you know, those were those were the kinds of things. And then, obviously, you know, as Amy mentioned, is there a Hearst connection? Are we going to be able? to leverage our resources, you know, to to make a difference for this company. So, you know, all three of them, um, you know, we we felt strongly were were right. And, you know, since since we've actually finished the competition, you know, we we're sort of getting everything documented and funded. And, you know, the next order of business with all of them is gonna be okay you know, next steps, how do we sort of get you onboarded and integrated and known at her so that we can get our scout network out there trying to help you grow. Um, you know, in addition, you know, as we went through the process, um, there were there were lots of companies that we met in the process that for one reason or another weren't really right for the pitch event. Some of them just weren't available that day. Um, Others were maybe a little bit further along um, and 100K wasn't going to be the right size investment for them. And so in the days leading up to the actual pitch event, um, when we had people from the lab in town in Amsterdam, we met with a bunch of these companies. And, you know, I would say that we're pretty definitely going to invest in an additional two that are Dutch based. And I could see us. Um, I could see us investing investing in up to five um, and really diverse. You know, uh, we saw quite a lot that were in the sort of well-being and corporate well-being space. We saw a lot that were sort of in the lifestyle, fashion, um, cosmetics area as well, um, which has a great fit, obviously, with some of our consumer businesses. Um, but uh, but all of them really interesting companies. So just before we move on to the next question, uh, it might be worth sharing with you the three winners. Our first winner was a company called Audvice. Audvice provide audible training and really audible sort of information sharing. Their, one of their main clients is Red Bull. Uh, Red Bull have sort of a couple of thousand uh, new recruits as salespeople, particularly amongst the student community. And they use Audvice to, to really share what the Red Bull brand means with those thousand students. We had Quan. Quan is an HR tech company. As Kenan mentioned, we saw quite a number of those. And the thing that we thought made Quan stand apart from the from, from the, the sort of cohort of businesses that they're amongst is uh, their focus on teams. They focus on improving um, team performance and um, and team well-being within companies. And then our final winner was Trades Nest. She is um, really disrupting the trade fair market. It's a typically physical 
um, market that you have to travel to, spend a lot of money attending. And she is um, producing a global platform so that um, particularly electronic retailers and electronic um, product manu manufacturers can can learn about new products on the market and, and buy into that market. So we like the disruption that she was bringing to something that's been around for a while. So actually three really different businesses um, there, which is, you know, interesting and really shows the breadth of the types of companies you had uh, applying for the 100K pitch day. Absolutely. So um, we established um, the, the Lead Hairs campaign at CMS Equip to support underrepresented founders as they scale their businesses and and the work that Hearst Lab is is doing is is really well aligned with you know the those values and um, the values that we have at um lead hers. Um, you've obviously had your 100 day 100k pitch day. Um, what's coming next? What are the plans over the next coming months and what can our listeners do to support the program or to get involved in any future events that you are running? Sure, I'll take that one, Katie. Um, so we, uh, no, no rest for the wicked. We're, we're moving on. Um, you know, I mean, I think in terms of the Netherlands, our, our, you know, uh, our next steps are obviously to get those companies onboarded, um, as I mentioned and to, and to sort of figure out a plan for them, um, and integrating them into the lab. Um, I think we'll probably take a little bit of a break from bringing in new companies in the Netherlands um, until until later in the year next year. But you know, we do envision um, doing another 100k pitch day um, in Amsterdam next year, late in the year. But for for the first half of next year, we're going to be focusing on um, the UK and Spain, um, and we sort of. We've chosen the countries in Europe where we're focusing, you know, based on where Hearst itself has uh, has meaningful operations. Um, you know, Amsterdam was a great choice for us because it's a small market. It was easy to sort of get to know the important players in the market. And we also have a wonderful female CEO of, of our media business there who is extremely supportive. Um, the good news is, is I can say the same in both um, London and Madrid. Our consumer media businesses there are both led by women who are supportive of the lab um, and want us there. Um, and so, you know, we feel we feel very welcome internally. Um, I think, you know, as as we look at Madrid um, and Spain, um, it seems like a market where there are even less uh, investors that are focused on female founders um, than than the UK or even the Netherlands based on the size. Um, but you know, we hear that it is a very vibrant um, startup community in Spain, um, and we feel like we can make an impact quickly there. So we are. We're hiring a country manager um, in the next few days. Hopefully, we have uh, we have we've we've found a a great candidate, um, and you know they have a major sort of startup event in Madrid every year in June, which is called South Summit. And so, what we're thinking of doing is having our pitch event in Spain around the time of South Summit because there'll be lots of buzz and people around and 
in Madrid. So so that would be in June. And then in terms of London, you know, it's a it's a much bigger, more mature market. Um, and I think that, you know, there's lots of pitches in London, um, pitch events and demo days. And so, you know, we're we're trying to think outside the box in terms of what we want to do, but we're definitely going to have a kickoff event um, in London at some point this year. Um, we may go ahead and bring in a bunch of companies. Um, it's interesting because, you know, we haven't done a lot of marketing of the lab in London, and yet every week it feels like, you know, two or three things fall fall into our laps. Um, we're going to start to market ourselves um, and to try and meet other investors that are that are like minded to us in order to grow that funnel. We're also bringing on an entrepreneur in residence um, who you know will be working with us part time to help us grow and evaluate that funnel. Um, and you know we're hoping that we get a cohort in London, you know before the summer uh, and then, you know, we'll do something around that. You know, we may have like a showcase event um, where we can sort of, you know, celebrate and introduce uh, the companies that we bring in in the UK uh, to to the UK investor and startup community. Um, and then in terms of, of support, um, I mean, first of all, I want to give a plug to CMS that, you know, again, so great that you have the leaders program um, and you know as a client of CMS I can't tell you how pleased we've been with the relationship um, that we've had with CMS over the years um, you do lots of diverse work for us and across the board we've just been so happy with that relationship um, and now we're going to ask you to support us as we um, as we start to document our relationships with the lab companies in London. We'll absolutely be working with CMS on that, um, and we look forward to that partnership. Um, and you know, in terms of supporting us, you know, it's all about networking um, and meeting the right people. So you know, if if you see a great female female-led lab company please send them our way. If you know of other investors that you think want to be in this space with us, please make the introduction. Um, we're happy to meet everybody and and anybody. I think if you turn that tap on in London, um, Kenan, it will just flow because, as you say, the market here is is um is is you know is um is is a bit more advanced and there are so many fantastic female led businesses and and obviously lots of of uh, uh, as you say other investors who are interested in this space but it is still the case as you said at the top that you know female funded businesses are not getting as much funding as um male founded businesses so there's still a desperate need in London for things like Hearst Lab um, so I'm sure you'll you'll have um, lots and lots of interesting um, businesses um, coming to you. And fantastic news about Spain as well. That's that's really interesting to hear. Um, I'm sure you will make a big splash there, as you say, if the the, the market is um, is a lot smaller. So um, last thing to to ask you, and we ask everyone this on on our podcast. Um, we really like to we like to squeeze it out of you. We like to get a commitment from everyone who comes onto the podcast. And sometimes I feel a bit cheeky asking this because you know you guys are already doing so much. But it's I suppose an opportunity to make a personal commitment because we really believe that um, 
we need to focus on positive action. Um, we need to um, try and, and focus on the, the the small things that each of us can do to um, really support female entrepreneurship. It's not about, you know, yes, obviously, we do need to raise awareness of the fact that, you know, female founded businesses don't get as, as much funding. You know, it, 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 it is um, empirically proven that it, it's, it's harder, but, you know, we want to focus on the positive. So I'm going to ask both of you to commit to an action, a, a personal action, could be a big one, could be a small one, um, as to how you're going to continue to support um, unrepresented founders over the next coming months. Who am I starting with? I mean, I can I can go first. I mean, look, I, I'll, I'll say in the Netherlands, you know, we had this incredible community of women that sort of, I feel like we created um through this process i mean we 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 have 148 that we met through the through the process and you know others that we've met since um you know we had great attendance at the event and i think it's on us now in the netherlands to sort of build and nurture and continue to have that community you know be something even for the companies that we we didn't invest in you know and you know, one thing that Amy and I really try and do, um, because we obviously can't invest in 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 everything that we see. Um, you know, these founders want feedback when they do when they do pitches. You know, and the easiest thing, and and I think a lot of other investors do this is once you sort of realize that it's not a match, you know, you just sort of. I think that there's a lot of sort of ghosting that goes on. And uh, Amy and I try really hard not to do that, you know, especially if we've had a couple of meetings with the founders, you know, we will we will tell them, you know, that we've decided not to invest. Um, and a lot of them really want feedback on why that is because, you know, they're trying to refine their pitch or they're trying to figure out what's not resonating with investors. And so, even though you know sometimes it's painful and i always ask whether they really want to hear but you know we are very upfront about you know why it is that it it wasn't it wasn't a match for us and why as we went through you know the um the you know bringing in the scouts and the evaluation you know what what it was that finally made us decide not to invest and we've gotten amazing feedback from the from the founders that we've given you know that information too that it's been really helpful to them and that so many investors you know just don't want to share that because i guess it is a little bit of a pain point so you know it does hurt sometimes and you know sometimes we meet these amazing founders but for one reason or another you know it's just not the right it's not they're not in the right place or or they're not um you know they're just not a match to us um but sometimes honestly you know they could use some feedback on their pitch because some of the pitches can be really all over the place um, and 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 not really focused. Um, and so sometimes, you know, we give them that feedback um, and and hopefully that's helpful to them. I'll let Amy go. Okay, here here I go. So um, one of the things that I loved about our Dutch event was that. Um, we, we, one of our limiting factors is that we have to have a, a tech-enabled company. And actually, 
through the process, we met a number of startups that were female founded and they were something else completely. For example, we have we found a startup who was producing a very nice Calvados based liqueur. And we decided that at our event, we would as much as possible um, have female supported or female founded businesses as our suppliers. And um, I think we'd like to commit to doing the same with our with our London event. So as much as possible, we will find um, drinks companies. We had a we had a Dutch artist uh, present a digital artwork at our event in Amsterdam. And and I think um, it just creates it creates more of a network, more of that kind of community feeling and, and more of a point of difference that sort of attracts um people from sort of many different business backgrounds to to come and and take part i really like that amy you're effectively putting your money where your mouth is yeah well no, let's see <laughs> but but that's actually one of the the things when we when we talk to the founders on our um, equip program. Um, when we first started to put in place the Leadhurst campaign, one of the first things we said was we went to, to the the founders we already had on the on the equip program and said, look, what can we do to support you more? And um, and the the biggest thing that they said was, get other people to buy what it is that you know we are selling. So whether that's our services, our products, you know, that's the way that we need help is because we want our businesses to succeed. So whatever you can do to, you know, encourage people to buy from us, that's the biggest help you can give. And whether that's by promoting us, by introducing us to people, by, you know, you putting your money where your mouth is. So I think I think that's a fantastic thing that you're also saying you will you will do is to look at your supplier base and see where can we be supporting female-led businesses. Yeah, and you make the you sort of make the commitment part sound scary, Katie, but actually we found in the Netherlands it's really just about opening the door and these businesses walk through. Um, so so if you sort of open your door and your mind to having female founded businesses really as the suppliers to your event, as well as the things you're investing in, they come to you because they're out there and they exist. And we're giving them, you know, the, the possibility of something to supply and with the with, with that door open to them. So it's, it's not as um, it's not as scary as a commitment as it might sound. And, and Ken and I, I love what you were saying about about feedback because we also get that message that um, sometimes it can be really hard to get feedback from investors. Um, so um, you know, g- g- giving them the feedback, even when it's um, perhaps not what people want to hear, but they need to hear, is really important because it gives people the opportunity to grow from that. Um, so I think I think that's fantastic. Um, it's been wonderful talking to you both. I'm so excited by what you've done so far and um, really excited to see what you do over over the next year, um, both in in the Netherlands and also in in the UK and Spain. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some fantastic businesses um, that you support, um, as well as um, seeing the the growth and success in the businesses you've already supported. So um, thank you both um, for joining us on the podcast today. Great being with you. And if you would like more information on Hearst Lab, please visit hearstlab.com. If you'd like to hear more about CMS's startup programme Equip or the Lead Hearst Initiative, go to the startup section of CMS Law. (laughs) 